millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Small Business Show on IrishExaminer.com for a different view on Irish business. Now in part two, Tom McEnery explored the connections between Silicon Valley and Ireland. But what about the Irish out there making a success of their companies? Well, I'm delighted that one of them joins me on the line now from Paolo Alto in Silicon Valley. Olin Dowling from Boxfish, who have recently received over 5 million euro in investment funding in their business. So, Owen, uh, tell us, Boxfish, what do you do there at Boxfish? So, Boxfish is a data platform and it captures a lot of data in the TV industry, but most importantly, it captures every word spoken on TV. And uh, currently, we capture everything in the U.S. We have nearly a 1,000 channels that are being captured in the U.S., and we take all of that data around uh, what's been spoken and you know, TV guide data and social data and ratings data, and we process the whole thing sub-second, uh, so it's a real-time data platform. And uh, then we crunch all of that kind of data that's been processed out through an API, and then that's being licensed to partners in the discovery space and the media analytics space, and more recently, the ad, ad agency space. You're talking about taking every word spoken on television and, and effectively storing it for, I suppose, data analysis. That must take a hugely powerful system to do something like that. It is, and it was our, our biggest challenge. I suppose not only the kind of the, the, the data itself, you know, people talk about, you know, big data, but what we have to do is we have to capture what uh, Kev, my co-founder, has, uh, has termed as wide data. We're capturing this uh, ridiculously wide wave of data and processing all of that. So our biggest challenge actually was not so much the kind of storage of the data, but uh, the processing of the data. So it's very computationally expensive, but uh, it was our biggest challenge. And that's actually a lot of what the kind of the patents are around is processing that amount of data in the way we do it. And where did you come up with an idea for something like this? Because it's obviously a very unique, uh, very different. So so where did the idea come from to start this? It's an interesting one, actually. I, I previously had a business in uh, Ireland and uh, went to Dublin, and um, that was acquired by a company called Zamato in 2007, 2008. Myself and uh, my co-founder, Burke, who was also at that business, we kind of come up with a few ideas and we play around with them and... Uh, then I was in London at the time, and my mother used to come and stay with me. And my mother, uh, she's basically deaf, and uh, she, you know, she's almost lost all hearing. So when she come and visit, I used to have to turn subtitles on in the, on TV. I was watching, interesting enough, I was watching a documentary on prog rock, <laughs> and saw a Zeppelin clip that I'd never seen before. And uh, so subtitles come across the bottom of it, and it's just kind of a realization that this data would let me find that uh, content within long-form content. And I called Kev up and I said, uh, is this possible? And after a week of wires out windows and various machines being crunched together, we uh, 
we figured out that it was possible and then figured out that no one else was doing it. And, uh, and then we created Boxfish. And did you start it in Ireland and then moved it to Silicon Valley or you started there and, and it's developed from there? Yeah, no, we started it effectively. We, we, we knew that the next uh, business we, have, we had we were going to start in uh, Silicon Valley. One of the board members of the previous business, a guy called Trevor Healy, another, another guy who was always you know, twisting our arm going, if you're going to do technology again, come to the Hollywood for nerds and do it here. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, uh, we were just waiting for the, for, the, for the right big concept. As soon as we had it, we hopped in a plane. And uh, we came to the valley and we raised money. We just, it, it's, uh, you know, having previously built businesses in Dublin and London, this has been a, just a, a different way of doing things. It's a different momentum, a different scale, the, the capital, the talents, the, the companies, they're all here. And uh, the, the pace at which the, the, the business has been kind of growing here, I don't think would have been possible in, uh, in Dublin or London. Mm. And you recently attracted over 5 million euros in venture capital and investment as well. Tell us a little bit more about that. Previously, we, when we came out here first, we raised uh, an A round. Uh, and actually, that came through uh, Deutsche Telekom and Naya Ventures. So Deutsche Telekom's kind of venture fund, T-Ventures. And uh, the goal was really build the platform and extract the data and you know, uh, build the, the foundation of the business. We were doing that, and uh, we had a very good response. We, you know, have over 100 partners in the API now, and we knew that we needed some further investment in order to to really take advantage of the position that we're in and the position that the industry is in. We then were uh, in discussions with a firm called Atlantic Bridge, based out of uh, Dublin, and uh, Brian Long there, who's... uh, founder of Atlantic Bridge and Chris Horn and their team in there and uh, we were very impressed. They're a firm that along with investment comes a, a really strong network and a really strong operational background. Yeah. You know, these are guys, they're, they're not traditional kind of MBA type VCs. These are guys who've built their own businesses and know the same kind of uh, stresses and and kind of uh, challenges that I'd be up against. And so we uh, went with Atlantic Bridge, and uh, it suits it suits suited our plans well as well because our we have the traction here in the U.S. and we wanted to expand into Europe and, and, and the U.K. and Ireland. Uh, it was a really good fit. So effectively, we we raised to uh, to, to capitalize on our, our position in the U.S. And, and, and grow internationally and grow the team. And if you go back to something that you mentioned uh, there just a, a while ago, which was the, the media industry itself, the television industry, what is something like this going to give them in their business, in their company? Sure. So, you know, the, 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 there's a, a real battle for the living room at the moment and all the big companies. There's the kind of incumbents, and I'll talk about the U.S. market, the incumbents like the Comcast and the hmm. AT&Ts and the uh, Dish and DirecTVs, and they sell... You know, they sell a TV guide and content for $120, $150 a month here. And uh, it's it's obviously a, a monster business, over $100 billion in kind of subscription revenues here in the U.S. There's a frustration between what the user pays for and what they consume. They still only watch four or five channels, yet they're paying for hundreds of them. What we're finding, and this is very much in the discovery space, what we're finding is that, you know, there's a... Because of the likes of Twitter and Facebook and Flipboard and, and these new kind of discovery 
paradigms that there's a real-time topic-based discovery method an awful lot of people use, and that just hasn't translated well into the TV industry because they're still stuck in their kind of TV guide spreadsheet on the TV discovery mode. And we're, we have the layer that allows users find content based on what they care about, not based on program titles. So uh, on the discovery side, all of these kind of uh, American companies are using our data to build new discovery products using this kind of real-time feed, but also to analyze how people interact. And, you know, previously they would have known that a user has watched something like, you know, from the UK match of the day. But when you have the topic layer, you, you'll quickly find out well, what's their team, what are the segments of that content do they watch, and mm. it creates a very rich user profile then, and that's the analytics side of it, and then they can use that for recommendations and targeting. What do you hope happens uh, to Boxfish in the future? We've just heard you talk about where you've, you're, where you've been and, and the venture capital that you just got. What is that venture capital going to go towards, and, and what do you hope happens in the next, we'll say, 18 months to, to two years? Well, the venture capital is going to kind of kind of increase the amount of data that's coming into the platform. We've just started to work on bringing the real-time social feed alongside the real-time TV feed, and there's some very interesting inter- intersections of the data that's happening there, but also to to expand into, first of all, the English-speaking territories. You know, bring this type of discovery and analytics, not just to the U.S. market, but to Irish, U.K., European, Australian, Canadian uh, markets who, you know, they all they all have the same problems. They're all stuck in this 50-year-old discovery mechanism, and we have a good opportunity to kind of bring the whole industry into the new generation of, of discovery and analytics. So, you know, ultimately, Boxfish, it would be positioned as a, you know, if you're doing anything in the TV space, be it kind of discovery or, or analytics or even advertising in the TV space, if you're not using Boxfish data, you're not really doing a very good job you're not seeing the full picture. So that's the goal is, you know, Boxfish becomes this layer that creates the new kind of wave of discovery and analytics and, and, and targeting in the TV space. Finally, we've, we have a bit of a theme running through our program this week on uh, irishexaminer.com and it's, it's basically about Silicon Valley and can Ireland emulate something to produce uh, a kind of Silicon Valley-esque arena here in Ireland, for somebody who's who's left Ireland, who's in Silicon Valley, who can see firsthand what they have, what they use, what would you say Ireland needs to do to get to that level or to have somewhere like a Silicon Valley in Ireland? I think the the main one is capital. You know, it's uh, there are some really good funds coming out of Dublin at the moment, but what you don't see are the exits and uh, that that you'd have in Silicon Valley, and those exits create capital and they create a stickiness to the to the space. I, I really like this idea of the bridge where, you know, even this week I've had uh, two Irish founders come in, they have Irish companies, and they, uh, they're they setting up operations here in the Valley, but they're making use of the talent in, in Dublin for, for R&D. And I think in the next couple of years, you're going to start seeing not just kind of uh, some venture capital and some Irish startups, you know, coming out of Dublin and, and, and the rest of Ireland, but what you're going to see is a few big exits, and those exits, I think, are key to kind of creating a very sticky ecosystem that, that retains the money and the valuations and, and uh, the creativity and the new companies that the capital brings with us straight into Ireland. Owen Dowling from Boxfish, uh, co-founder of Boxfish. Uh, thank you very much for joining us on The Small Business Show. Thank you very much. Good to talk to you. Now, in part four, we are talking about Israel as it has become the home 
to one of the largest startup communities outside of the United States. And what's more, its size is similar to Ireland. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.